Happy Saturday night, Bill's Allergy. Welcome in, folks. Bill's Mafia, what's going on Saturday night? I know there's an award show going on, and we'll talk about that in just a second. I'm DM3, co-founder of Built in Buffalo, along with my guy, A. Rich. A. Rich, Saturday night. How you hey, feeling, man. man? How you feeling? A. Rich, I came rich in Saturday night, Built in Buffalo, Bill's Allergy. I'm with my brother, DM3. I feel blessed. I think blessed? that's the appropriate term to use tonight i feel blessed man what's going on all right, all right. nothing much man what's going on so we, we were talking earlier today and we were talking about certain things that we wanted to discuss certain things we didn't want to discuss and there's actually a lot to talk about um and the show the name of the show <clears throat> is find finding guys that can help this team be successful finding guys that will do what needs to get done to take us to the next level and we're going to spend some time on that um, we do have some other stuff we want to talk about. I see Brooks in the comment section already. Kenny Riggleman, what's up? What's going on, man? So if you guys can, smash the like button. If you are new to our channel, thank you for watching. Share this, please. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the subscribe button till you break your phone or your computer or your laptop or your tablet or whatever. Um, and definitely like this so that we can get some more interaction here. So breaking news. It's not so much breaking news anymore, but... It was breaking news about 30 minutes ago. Our guy, Akeem calls him move the damn ball. Brian Dable gets assistant coach of the year, uh, AP assistant coach of the year. So, A. Rich, what's your initial thoughts on this? I mean, we kind of thought something was going to go down. I mean, the dude was sought after by everybody for their open head coaching positions. What's your thoughts, man? Give me some, give me some words of wisdom on Mr. Brian move the ball. Well deserved. This this uh, award for Brian moved the ball was well deserved. Uh, well traveled individual, been an offensive coordinator for a long time, from uh, the days with the Miami Dolphins to uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he's had lack of talent as a as an offensive coordinator. He went to hone in on his skills went with the best organization in football with the New England Patriots. He got some rings there. He got the he got the the wisdom that he needed, the knowledge that he needed there. Then he moved on with Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide, got some more wisdom and knowledge and winning more rings from Alabama. Then coming over to the Buffalo Bills, getting a a, a raw rookie prospect of a quarterback like Josh Allen and turning him to elite football player, getting surrounding pieces in the process, eclipsing over 500 total points as an offense. This is well-deserved for Brian move the ball, and he will be a coach sooner rather than later. Congratulations. So we talk about, and and I know you've, you've talked about it, especially in years past when we seem to have – Fans have been kind of rough on Brian Dable in the past. You know, 2018, our, we had the most stagnant offense I think we've seen in, in 20 years. But he came out with his comments after, you know, the Chargers made their move and hired their guy. Um, is Josh Allen, you think, the best quarterback that he's coached in his – because, you know, he's he's had some really bad quarterback play with teams he's been an offensive coordinator or an assistant for. What do you think? Is Josh the best quarterback that he's coached? Now think about think about some quarterbacks that he's had. I believe he's had uh, Matt Moore, and he's had uh, a Matt Castle, and he's had a Brady Quinn. 
these guys are not the most talented guys. These guys' ceilings wasn't didn't go but so far, right? But Josh Allen comes in and he has all the tools in the world to become that best quarterback that Brian Dable has has had in his tenure, right? He's had the tools, but he wasn't there yet. It was because of the work ethic of Josh Allen and the, the development that uh, Brian Dable was able to teach Josh Allen along the way is the reason why Josh Allen is now uh, an elite quarterback. So it's under his tutelage. So you got to give yeah. both of them the credit. I mean, I agree with you 100%. So next year, he's okay. So let's let's do a little timetable on Brian Dable. So 2018, he started his season. Sean McDermott went with Nate Peterman. Uh, they traded AJ McCarron after they realized that experiment wasn't going to work. Um, Josh comes in, plays his rookie season. He took his lumps, all that stuff. Turn the table 2019. Our rushing game was not too bad last year. Uh, for what we had in Devin Singletary, a rookie and a 317 year old Frank Gore, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. What's going on, Gene? Um, it wasn't too bad. So, do you think that he? is driven to try to figure out how he can make this a full complement offense for this year. Like, do you think his goal, because look at what Josh did. All right. He, including the playoffs, he had over 51 total touchdowns over 5,000 yards. He only threw 11 picks. His completion percentage was almost 70%, blah, blah, blah. He broke every bill's single season passing record. So he's obviously okay with what's going on there. So do you think that he has, I don't want to say he's got unfinished business, but do you think that, Another one of the reasons why he came back, okay, he gets to work with Josh for a third season after what Josh just did, um, and he wants to prove that he's an all-around offensive-minded coach. He's not just boxed into a passing, schematics, five-wide like type coach. What do you think? You know, it's, it's, it's just like quarterbacks sometimes and players sometimes coming out of college, right? Should this player come out and enter the draft this year, or should the player stay in college another year and refine his skills and even uh, uh, get a better draft stock or draft position if he comes out a year later, right? So I think that's the analogy I use with Brian Dable. Brian Dable, he's an uh, award-winning coach right now. Uh, he's one of the uh, top offensive minds in the league and top head coaching candidates in the league leading the 2021-2022 uh, season but he still has some things he has to refine, right? The, the running game has to, needs refinement. The offensive line needs some refinement. Implementing consistency at the tight end position needs some refinement. So he went back to college with the Buffalo Bills to refine his skills and work on them aspects of his game to later jump out into the pros the year after. And that would be as far as him being a head coach in the NFL. And that's the best analogy I can give it. It's it's just kind of weird because like he himself did a 180 as far as you know we obviously had some more talent around him but I'll be extremely interested to see what he does if we can figure out this offensive line which I want to spend a, a bulk of the show on later on if we can figure out the offensive line as far as run blocking because um, it'll be real interesting because our run, our rushing offense went from really good consistently to this past season, like we couldn't, we couldn't run. We didn't have to a lot of times, but we just couldn't run. So I, I think he's got some unfinished business and I think he wants to prove to everybody that he is a overall well-rounded offensive minded coach. Um, 
And I mean, deservedly so to get for, for him to get this award. I, I don't know who else you would have gave it to. Um, Eric B is good, but he's had the same guys for three years. Um, you know, he hasn't had, you know, a quarterback like Josh where he's coming into year three and just took that massive jump um, from year two to year three. Patrick Mahomes was good seemingly from the jump. Like he, he, he was good throughout. So, okay. So congratulations, Brian Dable. We got that out of the way. If you guys haven't smashed the like button, if you're watching this on Facebook, please, please smash it. Drop some comments in there. If you guys want to throw a super chat in, if you're watching on YouTube, that way it'll get highlighted. Um, I got something from YouTube earlier. They're having issues with comments coming in um, as far as being delayed and just not showing because um, I can tell they're coming in a little bit slower than usual um, between Facebook and YouTube. So if I'm behind on comments, I apologize. I will take time to go back through. But like this video, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, share if you're watching on Facebook. Okay, so me and Akeem have some topics we want to talk about around the league because there isn't a bunch of stuff going on as far as bills. There's a few things we want to talk about before we head into free agency mode and draft mode. We're going to have a few shows talking about a few things here and there. But there's things going on in the NFL that I think that we absolutely need to dive into and talk about because it will at some point affect the rest of the league um, because this is a weird – it's going to be a weird off season. Um, it's it's people are calling it like a nuclear winter. Um, all these teams are going to have to deal with salary cap adjustments and things like that. So, with no expenses, I, I have busted out all of the amazing things. Akeem's probably going to laugh at these because he hasn't seen these yet. But it is time for. That's right. Yeah. Spare no expenses on the edits. The special effects on our show are second to none. Second to none. <laughs> I love it. I love it, okay. by the way. <clears throat> All right. So let's talk about Carson Wentz. Um, I know there's some other stuff you want to get to, too, but uh, there's a few course, things that I, I, I kind of wanted to touch on because this could be a situation. We all know about what happened with Matthew Stafford um, coming out publicly afterwards saying he didn't want to go to the Patriots. So this directly affects the bills because the new England Patriots are obviously in the AFC East. So this to me seems like the new England Patriots kind of showed their hand. They kind of said, all right, we're all in on trying to find a veteran quarterback. We need a veteran quarterback. Not I'm not discounting what they may or may not do in the draft because they draft in the middle of the draft. It's not like they're going to land one of the big boys. Let's be honest. So chances I'll, I'll lead, I'll lead it this way. Chances are that new England's in on Carson Wentz. Uh, I think it's a, uh, I have four teams. Uh, so I, I think it's a, is a 25% Let's hear chance Let's that, hear that, that Carson Wentz can possibly go to new England. Now think, uh, put it in perspective, right? Carson Wentz, uh, played like an MVP caliber quarterback before he hurt his back. After he hurt his back, he wasn't the same player, but he was still relatively good uh, the year before last. And this year he fell off a cliff, right? Uh, tw over 2,600 yards, 2,620 uh, yards, 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 57% completion percentage. Everybody was getting on Josh Allen the year before when he was at 58%, and he was last in the NFL. Uh, Carson Wentz is at 57%. This is a guy that's getting $98 million over the next four years, averaging about $24.7 million a year. Based on his 
based on his contract and based on his production, who in the hell in their right minds would trade for a Carson Wentz, right? So then it, it got me to thinking. Uh, I thought of four words, and those four words gave me four teams. Uh, familiarity, uh, bold, arrogant, and desperate. Those are the four words I came up with. <laughs> and the four teams I came up with to match those four words is familiarity. It's the Colts. Frank yep. Wright, we've we seen the performance of Carson Wentz. He was at MVP levels there. Uh, bold, the New England Patriots, right? How bold would it be for the New England Patriots to take on this contract when you could have gave this money to Tom Brady? <laughs> how, exactly. How, how bold, how bold of a move that would be coming from New England, right? Uh, arrogance. You got the young guy over there in San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan beat the Rams with Nick Mullins. You mean to tell me he don't think he could rejuvenate Carson Wentz? And last but not least, Charles Nagy and the Chicago Bears are desperate. He might lose his job, right? It's uh, true. He wants somebody, anybody that's going to be an upgrade over, over Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. So those are the four teams that I got. I'm I'm old school. Like I'm hearing things and shout out to Brooke, our girl Brooke. She's all over um the interwebs and Twitter verse finding out things about who's talking about trades and things like that and, and other stuff too. Brooke's amazing. But two first round draft picks for Carson Wentz and a hundred million dollar contract. Ser really? Really? And that, and that production. And that production. And what I meant was but by being old school is I would offer a team what he was drafted as. He's a he's an he's a first round pick. He has not performed like a first round pick other than his rookie season. I would not give up more than one first round pick for him unless I was trying to alleviate some cap space and they're willing to take on a contract of a player that we'd send with the first round pick. I'm not there's no way that I'm sending two firsts unless like you said Desperate Chicago Bears, desperate. desperate. Um, James, I liked his take, and this is where I was kind of going with this because was Carson Wentz's success in Philly because of Frank, the tutelage of Frank Wright, or was it Doug Peterson? Because we saw what happened this year, like he his play was so up and down all season. Um, and then I feel like he just kind of got railroaded towards the end of the second half to the end of the year when they wanted to play Jalen Hurts. They obviously just wanted to play Jalen Hurts, which they drafted him. I, I don't have an issue with that at all. But to me, it's it's a no-brainer to me. Colts, if, if they want to get rid of it, they have a young core of defensive players that are really good. I mean, I guess it's all going to matter with what they do with T.Y. Hilton. He's a free agent. He's the biggest name out there as far as free agent wide receivers. So, I mean – they have money. They have the money. They could afford his contract, bring him in, and, and maybe start with square one again with, with Frank Wright. Let me know what you guys think in the comments section. Again, smash the ever-loving shit out of the like button. Uh, if you guys are watching on Facebook, if you're watching on YouTube, or if you're watching on Twitter. So comments are starting to come through. I see that uh, we're starting to fill up in YouTube as well. Okay, so I want to talk about Drew Brees for a minute. Okay. Because this is some shady shit. And I'm not going <laughs> to lie. We're talking about trying to get Mario Addison to take a $4 million pay cut so we can extend him and move his money. $4 million to move his money 
We're talking about guys like John Brown. Maybe if your injuries aren't that concerning, we can add a year to your, to your deal and move like $5 million to next year so that way you get some money now as a signing bonus. And We're talking a few million. Dude straight took a $24 million pay cut. So now, if if everybody in the room or, you know, maybe some of you don't, some, some of you do, some of you don't know how the retirement thing works. So when Eric Wood unfortunately suffered his career-ending neck injuries and he had to retire, the Bills had to eat that entire salary because you can't just, as a player, walk away from the game, you know, okay, sorry, I can't play anymore. No, they still owe you money because you signed a contract. So they have to release you. So Drew Brees, I really don't think is going to play for league minimum next season. I really don't. Do you think he's going to come back, risk injury at 43 or 44 years old, declining in performance and play for the league minimum? I really don't. I think that what they did the NFLPA needs to take a hard look at this and be like, look, we understand you're a hundred million dollars over in the salary cap, which makes absolutely no sense how that happens. Sure. But you can't just take his contract and wash it. Like that's something's not right here because I think he's going to retire. I don't think he's going to play for a million dollars. What, what's your take on that? It's I've, I've never seen anything like it. You know, the $24 million. Now what? Now this frees up all, all the cap flexibility for the new orleans saints i know they was in cap hell even uh, before this but it's just it's it's really um it's it's really it's odd right it's odd when andrew luck retired they gave andrew luck his money and they came out and still paid who they needed to pay you know right so yeah. it's 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 real it's real odd on on how this situation is and i want to see how it unfolds and i'm i'm now looking at the New Orleans Saints offseason because I'm intrigued now. I'm intrigued to uh, their acquisitions this offseason, who they pay, their salary cap numbers, because um, I think they they definitely put a, a, a red flag up there into how they uh, negotiated or how they structured this Drew Brees contract. Yeah, NCS Sports 716 on Twitter says, sounds like Brees giving the Saints a parting gift. My thoughts are, he he said to them, you know, you guys rejuvenated my career when I came over from San Diego. I love this city. I love this organization. I'm willing to just disqualify basically my entire 2021 contract. Give me league minimum. I will retire so you can pay me $1 million or whatever league minimum is. Right now. I think it's like 860000 or something like that. Um, and you guys will have $23 million. Here's the thing. They still are $75 million in the hole. That's just that's absolutely insane. My thought on this too, as I my brain because my brain doesn't think like normal people is, was he like the first domino of this crazy pandemic offseason where nobody has salary cap space except for like three teams, and we're gonna start seeing these big name players. I know he's was contemplating retiring, but is there gonna be names you think that are gonna that are gonna you know ask for pay cuts? so they can help their team succeed because we got a bunch of them on our team. If that's the case, you know what I'm saying? I, I think it's going to be uh, an unprecedented type of off season in terms of, of 
the contracts, the salary cap, how much or how much is the salary cap going to be, right? Regardless of the fact right. we know it's it's going to be uh, less than what we expected it would be before the pandemic, right? Um, then we have to think about, uh, besides the contracts, we got to think about all these potential players that's, that's possibly going to get cut. It's going to be a, a, a lot of players getting cut and i don't i don't know it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what they do it's going to be very interesting yeah it's gonna be super interesting i see a lot of people saying that they they're just concerned about what the bill what the bills are going to do We'll we'll talk about the bills don't worry don't worry we're just going to break some some info here um and the salary cap it's rumored to go up to 185 i've seen some things that say 180 85 and a half to 189 depending sure. on you know some other things it could go as low as 180 so to is me, it, would it would it would this be like an onus kind of thing? Now, is it like, oh, you know what? Is did we we're going to pay these guys more bonus money than ever? And now it's about what owner is willing to come out the pocket the most, or can they structure contracts that that way where now it could be front loaded to to option uh, to signing bonuses and option bonuses, and that could be a way that they get paid where it's coming directly out the owners' pockets, keeping that cap number down, and it could be a bidding war with. Who wants to come out the pockets more between the owners? I I honestly think that we know that we know for sure that Brandon Bean has no problems talking to guys and saying, "Hey, based on your production, you're going to need to take a pay cut." Look what he did with Tyler Croft. Hey, guess what? We need you to take a pay cut so that you can stay on the team because you're not going to get what you think we're going to give you right now in free agency because of your injury issues. But we need you to help us this year. And I feel like we can do a whole show on how we can make money um, in the offseason. And I think maybe that's a good topic for next week for either you or myself or both of us or whichever. There's there's ways to break down top to bottom the top 54 players. Um, it all depends on their agents and their contracts and how will how much they're willing to move to next year. Um, some of these guys are coming up on this, the last year of their deals, like John Brown. The only thing that we could do with John Brown, besides releasing him, saving $8 million and losing the $1.25 on the dead cap, is say, hey, we're going to give you a physical. We're going to make sure that your knee is not completely out of whack. It was just a blip for this year because you were healthy all of 2019, and we're going to give you another year in your contract but guess what? We're taking half the money from this year and moving it to next year because he's not going to get more than five or six million on the free agent market. He's just not. I don't think he is. So if he's smart, he would do that. So that's just my thoughts on that. Um, and then we had some stuff happening with Kirk Cousins being on the Fourth and Forever podcast and Mark Sanchez, and he was talking about Josh Allen. So before I play this clip, because I got a clip for you guys, um, before I play this clip, Remember before the season started, it seems like since the Bills acquired Stephon Diggs, everybody wanted to compare the two, one way or the other. Who Everybody was on either side. Josh is better. You're crazy. Kirk Cousins is better. There was a lot of people pounding the table a couple years ago for Kirk Cousins when he was a free agent. Um, so have you seen anything lately of anybody talking about Kirk Cousins being better than Josh Allen? Uh, none whatsoever. <laughs> that that right there, that right there is now a, a mute conversation now, right? I think before when they talked about it uh, last year, uh, 
Kirk Cousins was at a ceiling and we knew the ceiling of Kirk Cousins, which it wasn't elite, but it was it was still pretty good. His numbers are, are good numbers, solid numbers when you type in Google and Kirk Cousins and look at his numbers. Right. <laughs> but now that uh, Josh Allen has reached his ceiling is, and is coming towards uh uh, his progressions and is and, and passing that raw stages of his development and becoming a, a elite quarterback. It's it's no longer a discussion. The problem was, did we believe in Josh Allen as a quarterback to further progress uh, uh, in his career? And the answer is yes. And what was funny is, do you? Rem- <clears throat> I'm sure you do, but do you remember when Kirk Cousins used to do those little those little couch sessions, like when the rookies were coming out of the draft? And he had Josh on there, and Josh was breaking down plays. I think a lot of people were just like, dude, this guy's smart as shit. Like, he can read all these formations and defenses and plays and stuff like that. It's just funny to where Josh has gone from there, where he was sitting on Kirk Cousins' couch, to now he's throwing to the guy who Kirk Cousins was throwing to, and he's throwing it to him better. So I'm going to play the the clip for you guys. Um, It's not too long. Um, I had to kind of crop it out so it would fit in the screen because it, it was on Instagram. So I did the best I could. Again, I spared no expenses on our visual effects. So we'll come right back after this clip. What about Josh Allen and his development? I thought he was like a dark horse MVP candidate after four weeks of the season, yeah. lighting the league on fire. What are your thoughts on him? I mean, I think the Bills stock and Josh Allen stock is only trending up. Uh, Josh showed it this year, but... I mean, he's he's an aggressive quarterback, and I think yeah. at times that may that may frustrate a fan base. But he's going to be right far more times than he's going to be wrong. And his arm talent is elite. And I think with Josh Allen, a quarterback holding the football, you always have a chance. So he's fun to watch too, which is another great trait of a quarterback. I think he's only going to get better. He's still really young, really early in his career. I didn't start consistently in the NFL until my fourth year, and he's only played three years. So yeah. he's going to be entering his fourth year next year. So um, great player, and I love watching him play, and I think he's he's only going to get better. Elite. Josh Allen is, is elite. <clears throat> now, I, I was I was kind of struck on, on Mark Sanchez saying Josh Allen, Dark Horse MVP quarterback the first four weeks of the season. Uh, did he not watch the rest of the season? What about the, uh, what about the other twelve games? <laughs> what about the other? He, he was a he was an MVP candidate throughout the duration of the yeah. season. So I don't know what the four weeks was talking about, but uh, Kirk Cousins, props to Kirk Cousins. He understands and sees the elite talent and recognizes it, and he's not going to hate on it. So shout out Kirk Cousins for that retrospect. Yeah, it, it's just it's funny because everybody was talking so much smack about. Stefan Diggs is going to hate being in Buffalo because of playing with Josh Allen. And wow, it's just amazing. Just back in March, like I remember when we got Stefan Diggs and I'm sitting here like trying to make a highlight video for Stefan Diggs. And I, I, I literally couldn't believe that we got him. And then I started watching some of the throws from cousins. And I was like, man, Kirk cousins is really good. Like Kirk cousins is a very accurate, like he puts the ball where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. But then we had uh we had one of our new guys that made us a video that we put out uh Josh Allen's top 15 plays ball placement for Josh is insane especially how he puts the ball where he does when he's on the move i have absolutely no idea like that he was that 
everybody talks about accuracy and there's a, there's a bunch of different dynamics that go into accuracy but as far, it, to me it's not that you can't put the ball where it needs to go it's because you're trying to do too much at times and josh we all knew never took checkdowns and never took the easy passes but this year it's just light it's just light it's, it's like night and day compared to 2018 it's it's absolutely insane where he puts the money so that's that's what we had on Kirk Cousins and Josh Allen. Let me know what you guys think in the comments section. Hey, Rich, any more on that topic, or should we just keep the ball rolling, my guy? And, you know, everybody, you know, essentially when you make the NFL, everybody works hard to, to an extent, right? To get to that point, you have to be some type of a, a above-average worker, and you have a lot of guys in the NFL that work hard and 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 just don't equate to, to the talent that they see in the work. You know, and Josh Allen, the difference with him is he has that it factor. Not only is he a, a hard worker, he's just he's just that dog, man. He has that it factor. Josh Allen is it. And uh, we're seeing the uh, the progressions of, of a, a great quarterback to be. We got breaking news from Spino 481. Justin Herbert and Chase, Chase Young run, obviously, offensive and defensive rookie of the year, as if that was in question at all. Like, mm -hmm. Chase mm -hmm. Young is a, is a stud. I, I love that guy, man. He he's Washington is going to be set up for years. If they can figure their quarterback situation out, they're going to be set up for years. So, all right, let's move on. So, as we all know, the Super Bowl is tomorrow. I, I think this is the first time in a long time where I'm not actually, like, super hyped up to watch the Super Bowl. What's what's your feelings on the Super Bowl this year? Like, you know, I, I really, I really have none. You know, it's this is the first year where it's no Super Bowl parties for me. People, people been asking me, "Hey, where's the Super Bowl party?" I'm like, "Hey, bro, I'm at the house. I may or may not watch it. <laughs> I may or may not watch it. It's the fact that we was we was right there, right? We was right there. We were so close. So my feelings towards the Super Bowl is a little different. At the end of the day, am I going to end up watching it? Probably so. Yes, I love football, but uh, the feelings are definitely not the same, kind of like Christmas as a kid and as an adult, right? Right, right. All right, Chris Fowler. Whoops, Chris Fowler's asking this. Do you want to take this one? Who do you guys see the, uh, seeing available for the Bills at tight end? He's trying to keep us. He's trying to keep us on Bills content. I love it. Uh, wh what do you think about tight end position this offseason? Uh, free agency. We're looking at, in my opinion, uh, the way the Brandon Bean talk, we think we have to go after talented guys. John o. Smith is an athletic, athletic freak uh, uh, at the tight end position. He reminds me of a, of a Charles Clay in a way, an athletic guy who can who can do multiple things, H back, tight end screens, uh, just have that athletic uh, ability that you covered in a tight end position. Uh, Travis uh, Hunter Henry, excuse me. He had or he has all the talent in the world. I don't think that his production has matched up to the talent that people thought he would be. And if you want that production, why not come over to Josh Allen? Josh Allen makes career years out of skill position players. Right. And then we have to think about the draft. My favorite tight end in the draft, believe it or not, is Pat Fairmuth, the, mm -hmm. the tight end after Penn, out, out of Penn State. State. Yep. Big guy, big physical guy. Uh, great soft hands. He's not the fastest of the of the bunch in terms of the rest of the draft class, but I think he can do it all. And um, those are the guys I'm looking at at the tight end position. You nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. Uh, Kenny Riggleman, our guy, defensive player of the year, is Aaron Donald. I, I'm I'm pretty sure nobody would object to that. Aaron Donald is a freak of nature. Um, one guy that you didn't mention um, because everybody's talking about Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry. I'm just concerned with 
dollars. Obviously, we're going to be penny pinching, bargain bin mm-hmm. shopping at the Dollar Tree for free agents this year, unless he puts in a ton of work and restructures a bunch of guys or releases a bunch of, a bunch of guys. I like Zach Ertz, and I've said this. I said this back in after like week three when he was disgruntled because Carson Wentz just hadn't turned the corner and wasn't um, he wasn't getting the ball thrown to him. Uh, a lot of people are worried about his contract. Again, he could always be traded and restructured. Um, I think that's something that he'd be willing to do to go to a team that's contending. Who knows what the future holds? They have a brand new coach in Philadelphia. They have a young quarterback who only played a handful of games last year as a starter. Uh, so I think he comes in. I still think that we can draft a tight end somewhere in the mid rounds to compete with Dawson Knox. You have the veteran in Zach Ertz that can teach these guys how to practice, how to, how to prep for games, how to catch damn balls, Dawson Knox. And you can, you can learn and have him still give you a bunch of production. He's a good blocking tight end. So, um, so as we all know, I'm pretty sure Lee Smith is gone. So we're going to save 2.25 million there. If he, if he doesn't retire, I think the bills are going to say goodbye anyways. So, so I think that's where we that's that's the difference between our our feelings towards the tight end position. I believe I feel that uh, we definitely need to add a tight end, but I'm okay with adding a tight end and letting Dawson Knox be the two and and seeing if if Gilliam can catch on to the three or if Tommy Sweeney could come back and catch the third tight end spot. You want to add a, a tight end and draft a tight end as well. Yes, uh, knocking Dawson Knox even further down the depth chart. So that's no. It. That's interesting. No, because they could they can compete. If you draft a guy in a similar round to where you drafted Dawson Knox, he he puts a fire under Dawson Knox's ass, right? And Zach Ertz isn't going to be around forever, right? You you get him on a two year or something like that, and he gets two years to mentor these guys because I don't think Tommy Sweeney. I mean, we haven't really seen him because injuries and whatnot. Um, and Gilliam's a nice story, but I don't think he's a number two tight end. So you draft a guy, you add some competition, which we all know they like to iron sharpens iron and see if Dawson Knox can step up his game. If he does, then when Zach Ertz retires, you have a number one tight end. And then you got a number two. And I love David Njaku. I I love him. I think he's highly, highly underutilized in Cleveland. I think they don't know what to do with him. There was times, there was times in games when they started going to him and he was making plays. But they just like for some reason Baker doesn't ever throw him the freaking ball. I don't understand it. You know, I, I digress. And, and, <laughs> and, and that's and I guess me and DM3, and it's okay because we don't agree, we don't disagree often. But <laughs> I, I think uh Njoku is another version of Dawson Knox. Why am I bringing why am I bringing another Dawson Knox? He's got better hands. Though? He's got better hands than Dawson Knox does. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> 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 all right. We agree. We agree to disagree on this one, apparently. So, all right. So we were talking about the Super Bowl. Um, and thank you guys. The comment section is now looks like it's getting back to up to where it usually is. It's starting to blow up a little bit. Um, please keep the updates coming on what's going on in the NFL honor show, because obviously we can't watch it. I'm waiting for McDermott. Absolutely. That one to me, I think if now I want Josh to win MVP, but I wouldn't be is kind of pissed off and irritated if he didn't get it. They gave it to Aaron Rodgers if they give Freddie Kitchens coach of the year because McDermott absolutely goddamn deserves it. Um, fit, mm-hmm. or what I say, Stavansky? You said uh, Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> oh, did I? Did I really? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> See where my, my mind's at. The guy who took over for Freddie Kitchens. Yes. Um, so I got a super chat from Brooke. 
Uh, Knox is still new to the position of tight end. He played quarterback in high school. Uh, he wasn't utilized in tight end. Yeah, I mean, and me and me and A. Rich have gone back and forth, you know, for a long time on Dawson Knox because I like the guy. I, I like the character. I like the thought of what da- Dawson Knox can be. But you go back to Ole Miss, and he was like, he was never asked to to catch a pass because they had so many weapons at wide receiver. Um, didn't have great quarterback play. Had decent quarterback play. So. We'll see. The only, the thing that concerns me is the drops. Like you can't catch a pass that's laid out perfectly. You know, it's it's gift wrapped with a bow on it and handed to you, but you can fall backwards with a defender basically mugging you, and you'll make the catch. Like I, I don't I don't know. It's just one of those things. But thank you, Brooke, for the super chat. So uh, Super Bowls tomorrow. We started to talk about this. Then we got we got railroaded, of course, uh, by the comment section, which is awesome. Uh, so. Arish wants to talk about these two gentlemen right here, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And I absolutely picked this picture on perfect on, on purpose because he's seemingly smiling over at Mr. BB kind of like saying, Hey, I can do it without you. So I, I feel like a rich had, had something up his sleeve for this one. So let me know what your, what your take is on the legacy of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick Lay it out for me. Now, I'm I, I'm gonna call a spade a spade here. Uh oh. I think now it's only a year, right? It's only a year, but uh, what a difference a year makes, right? Uh, everybody thought that Tom Brady possibly could be washed up. He wasn't the same guy. Come to find out, Tom Brady's putting up excellent numbers. People are like, well, he has better players. Well. Does he have better players? And is the system better as well? Because Tom Brady looks phenomenal. I think Bill Belichick is. Does he? I think as of late, as of uh, minus the three picks, not minus the three picks now. Look who he's he's throwing to. Great players. He's got, yeah, like. Great. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) You have to have great players to to be in these games, right? You're in the Super Bowl, right? And you True. have to have these great players. These great play. They had a lot of talent last year with James Winston, right? Now yeah. Mike Evans was over there, and Chris Godwin's over there, and OJ Mayo and, and Cameron Bray. Or they had a lot of guys over there with uh with with, with James and James couldn't get those guys over the hump, right? And Tom Brady comes and now they're in the Super Bowl and possibly can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Can you imagine if Tom Brady beats Patrick Mahomes tomorrow in the Super Bowl? Bill Belichick is overrated as a head football coach. His moves are now highlighted. He cannot get away with having these bad drafts. He cannot get away with ignoring positions. He cannot uh, uh, get away with uh, bad play calls and in-game situations. And he cannot have anything go of them sorts because now he doesn't have the best quarterback in the history of the game in Tom Brady to mask all his failures or all his inconsistencies as a head coach. And I know uh, Bill Belichick is one of the greatest head coaches of all time. And I would not take that away from him. But without Tom Brady, without that guy, he may be overrated. Kenny Riggleman says, laugh my ass off. You said OJ Mayo. He he meant OJ Howard. But he's got Gronk. He's got Gronk this year. So um, I think that Tom Brady is a – intellectual mastermind he knew what was happening there's no way that 
if he stayed in New England this year, that they would have won anything. And he knew the writing was on the wall, that the players were starting to leave. Uh, the pandemic season, they had a bunch of players opt out, things like that. So he knew, hey, I can go play for Tampa where it's warm. Uh, I don't have to worry about playing in this cold-ass shit weather here in Gillette Stadium. Um, and they have a crap ton of offensive weapons, like a shit ton. And then they went and got Leonard Fournette, and then they brought Gronk back, and like all this stuff. So for him to have a good year, it's like it kind of makes me happy because I hate the Patriots and I hate Bill Belichick. Um, it's just I don't think one year you can you can call Bill Belichick overrated. I mean, we'll see what happens this year. If they have a really bad year this year, which I don't think they're gonna they can do anything because they just don't have any players. But just think, I mean, I, I understand the players, right? I understand you have great players, but Tom Brady is 43 years old. He <laughs> threw for 4,600 yards yep. and 40 touchdowns. Yep. I know I, I read a comment in here that saying Tom Brady wasn't phenomenal. I don't know if that's not phenomenal. 4,600 yards, 40 touchdowns, 43 years old. If that's not phenomenal, man, I don't know what is. I mean, there was, I mean, people were, were calling him old and he was past his time earlier in the season. And then he just, he went on a run. Once they got continuity on the offense, him and Mike Evans got on the same page. Like it was, it was over. They started installing Gronk when they wanted to. It was over. It, it was over. So, all right, you want to do, let's do Super Bowl predictions now because I don't want to talk about this game anymore because right. I'm getting PTSD because we're talking about the team that just beat. Of the pants off the Bills and Tom Brady in the same sentence, and they're on two different teams. So, what who you got in the Super Bowl? What do you think is going to happen tomorrow? 37 27 Kansas City Chiefs. I don't, I don't see, you know, I don't, I just don't, I don't see it, you know, and because I don't see it for it to happen, for me to believe them, they're going to have to show me. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to have to show me, and I'm going to have to flat out and be wrong that they can go ahead and, and beat the Kansas City Chiefs because they have too much weapons. They have the greatest uh, quarterback in this game. They have the most explosive, fastest wide receiver in the game. They have the best tight end in the game. And when you combine that, that makes a, 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 a almost unstoppable force. So because of those things, I, I believe the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win, even though the Tampa Bay defense, they're fast enough and they do match up better than most. Yeah, if you look at when they played earlier in the season, that was the game that Tyreek Hill had like a million yards receiving in the first half. And I don't think you're going to see that again, because I think Tampa's smart. Um, and I think they're going to figure things out defensively. Um, but I still think the chiefs win. And I think that we're going to get the drama that we have had with Tom Brady, he's going to get the ball with a chance to win the game. And I don't think he's going to be able to do it. I think somebody makes a play for the chiefs defensively uh, in the, in the end of the game. I just at 31, 27, I got uh, the chiefs winning. I just think it'd be nice to see Tom Brady, you know, I, fuck, I hate the guy. I hate the guy. I hate rooting for him, but I hate the chiefs even more, but I personally would feel more comfortable waking up Monday morning, going about my bills business saying that we lost to the team that won everything. I feel a little bit better about how they beat us and the way they beat us than saying that 
because I think that we could be we could beat Tampa. I honestly think that we could beat Tampa. I just think that we match up better against Tampa than we did against Kansas City. So that's just my opinion. I say Chiefs thirty-one and Patriots twenty-seven. Um, comments are starting to fly through now, guys. So I appreciate you guys. If you haven't liked this video, please smash the like button. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, share. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe, hit the bell, get notified when me and A Rich go live. He goes live every Tuesday. I go live every Wednesday, and we go live every Saturday night. Bills allergy. Oh, show note: I will not be here next week. I have something I have to handle in my personal life. Um, I don't know. A, A Rich knows what I'm talking about. I don't know if A Rich, if you want to tell everybody, I'm going to hit the comment section. Hey, so next week. We have my brother DM3. He will not, unfortunately, will not be able to attend Billsology. I will be here talking about our Buffalo Bills as always. But our brother DM3 will be getting married next yep. week. Married yes. next week, DM3. <laughs> I prayed for him already. I wished him all the best. He's he's crossing over to the other <laughs> side. <laughs> And all the married men know <laughs> crossing over to the other side is hard to come back on this side. Oh, so man. I congratulate you. Uh, and I can't wait, man. I can't wait until uh, <laughs> I appreciate you. So <laughs> you come back to Bill's allergy, man. But enjoy, man. Enjoy. <laughs> uh Brooke says, thank you for the super chat, Brooke. And thank you for those lovely words, Akeem. I mean, I'm I'm touched. I'm moved. I'm absolutely moved. <laughs> uh, Brooks says, can't bank on the Chiefs being the same team next year. Mahomes could tear his ACL in training camp. Not wishing injury, just saying injuries happen. Yeah, let's talk about that. She brings up a good comment because for the most part, the best two players on the Bills offense were healthy seemingly for the whole season. That's that's Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And Josh was dinged up. We all know about the separate. It's not like nobody wants to talk about it, but it happened. Josh had a separated shoulder. I believe was, was injured for three to four weeks, but seemingly we were healthy most of the year offensively. So I brought it up on my show Wednesday about our backup quarterback situation. This is, this is so off topic. It's not even crazy, but this is how my brain works. Um, you you're sold on Matt Barkley because of cat, the cap restrictions or what? Yeah, are you just sold I, on Matt Barkley because of continuity and whatever? And no, I'm sold on. I'm I, yes, that plays a part of it as well. To to because I I want to <laughs> argue my stance, right? So that would be a part of my argument, part of my leeway. But uh, mainly is because the 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 flexibility or the lack thereof of the cap situation, and because of that, I think we have more important parts that can that can make an impact right away that we need to fix than spending that money that we don't have on a backup quarterback so because of that i think matt barkley would take any contract that we offer and uh we we will have him as our backup quarterback for at least another year or two in my opinion yeah i um i think it's at least one um but i really hope there's preseason this year because i really want to see what we have in jake Fromm. I want to see him in live game situations because he was quarantined all year. Like he couldn't even go within, I don't know, 10 yards of the quarterbacks in practice. So I just, I really want to see what we have. Everybody says that he's actually really been performing really well. And he should have won as a higher draft pick. If he would have came out the year before we got him in the fifth round. So I'm just, I'm extremely intrigued to see what we have um, because then we, he's on a rookie deal and we signed him for four years, I believe. 
So three or four years. So if we can get him in 2022 and not have to pay any money to, you know, Matt Barkley or whoever, that that'd be nice. So all right. This show, I want to talk about offensive linemen. We got all the breaking news out of the way with Brian Dable. Congrats again, assistant coach of the year. We talked about all the stuff going on around the NFL. Actually, I have been engaged since 2014. Um, We were supposed to get married a couple years ago um, and then last year, but then COVID happened. So we're doing it Saturday. But I appreciate you guys uh, for all the kind words. So let's talk about offensive linemen. How do you feel on a scale of one to shit? How was our offensive line play this season? Oh, you give me man. another ranking uh, system, uh, however, uh, however you want to do it. However I, you want okay, to do it. So if, so if you want to give us it, uh, we go, we, we do a scale of, we do, we do a one to 10 scale. When, a scale of one to 10, uh, where do I rank our offensive line? Let's uh, let's do this. Let's do this. I'll, I'll do it one better. I'm going to name a player and then you tell me. One through ten. How about that? I like it. That, does that does that work? That works. Okay. All right. Deion Dawkins. Eight. Ike Potker. Five. Cody Ford. Incomplete. <laughs> Is that like you take the test, but then you you don't hand it in? Like yeah, like, like I don't I, I don't can't. know. I yeah. just you know I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Mitch Morse Six and a half John Feliciano Six Uh, Ryan Bates Four Daryl Williams Eight all right, I'm sure there's some other guys. I'm not even going to talk about Ty and Secchi or some of these other guys. So, right. Um, okay. I think the only constant, and everybody's going to think I'm crazy, the only constant that we have is Deion Dawkins. And he's done nothing but improve from 17 to 18 to 19 to 20. He's done nothing but improve. There was some times this year in run blocking when he was – he wasn't up, up to par for that contract, but in pass blocking, I absolutely love Deion Dawkins and think that he is well worth every penny that he's gotten. Mitch Morse is my was one of my concerns um, for numerous reasons. His contract, he's got a ton of guaranteed money, and I'm concerned about the injuries. What's your thoughts on Mitch Morse? Give me break down Mitch Morse, his play over the last two seasons for the Bills. Well, I gave Mitch Morse when we did this this little ranking not so long ago. I gave him a six and a half, right? Uh, part of the reason I gave him that ranking is is obviously we have to watch his performance on the field, but I think uh, he could be playing at a, a more impactful way. I just think he's not doing what uh, makes him the best center he could be. He's a finesse center. He's an athletic center. We could use his athleticism to get out in space and get to the second level and, and attack those linebackers and those DBs. And if he's stationary like that, uh, I think because of the, the way we played him, it affected his grade, in my opinion. Uh, fourth highest dead cap, $5.5 million. Uh, I would try, uh, in my opinion, if I'm Brandon Bean, putting my GM hat on, is I'm going, in, I'm going to try to restructure Mitch Morse. 
I think that Mitch Morse is under contract. I think he's still a, a good football player. I'm worried about uh, the injuries a little bit, but I think the center position is, is coming vital uh, in the NFL between these these young quarterbacks and, and, and centers. I think they're becoming an intriguing part to the offensive line. And I think that Josh Allen and and, and, and Mitch Morse have developed that chemistry and camaraderie and that bond where they didn't have the mishaps in, in the Baltimore game like Baltimore had, right? Uh, we've, we've been involved in some center mishaps uh, this pat this season that didn't include us, but include the opposite team. And right. I don't think we have them type of issues with Mitch Morse. So because of those reasons, I think we should keep him, but definitely have to restructure, restructure that contract. Over $10 million is, is his cap hit. That's 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 a steep number, right? So uh, roster bonus, option bonus, uh, some type of signing bonus where we can give him some money up front and, and drop down that cap number that would give the the team more cap flexibility to get more free agents. I agree with you a hundred percent. And the show is going to go off the rails right now. You see the super chat I just put up. Stefanski won Coach of the Year. Mm. Mm. That's some bullshit. That's some bullshit. That's some bullshit. He got and, and we we talked about this in our group chat. And 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 I went off in the group chat because Brooke had a feeling like that Stefanski was gonna get it. Sean McDermott, and I know they don't include playoffs in this, they don't count the postseason. This is all based off a of regular season, but Sean McDermott won 15 goddamn games. Sean McDermott bullshit. took a Buffalo Bills team. To six and zero in the AFC East, he beat teams that Stefanski lost to in the Ravens. He beat them in the playoffs, and he beat the Steelers. The Steelers beat the living shit out of the Browns in the regular season, and so did the Ravens. He took Stefanski took a team that was talented, that was just piss poorly coached last year by Freddie Kitchens. So That's you why. got your That's it right there. So you That's got why. your guys to actually play like they're supposed to. Good for you. Good for you. The Bills won 13 games with the with the third toughest schedule in the entire NFL. And we're absolutely ball busting teams down the stretch. It, it's just it, it's because he's in a small market. I don't care if they say Cleveland's a small market too. It's it's insane. They won 11 games. The Bills won 13. Bills went further in the playoffs. Bills beat the teams that he lost to. The Bills beat teams more dominantly than he did. The Bills have a better quarterback. It's just he's got he's got players everywhere all over both sides of the ball. He's got an all-pro in Miles Garrett. He's got Baker Mayfield. He's got two number one receivers. I, I understand OBJ missed time this season, but he's got Jarvis Landry. He's got good tight end play. He had the best running game in the NFL, which he had last year, but it was coached like shit. So good for him. Good for him. Bullshit. What's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, same. Bullshit. Bullshit. You know, um, he got coaching. He got coach of the year because of the Cleveland Browns history. Of course, the Cleveland Browns haven't made the playoffs in years. So uh, being that they made the playoffs and on top of that, having the 11 five record is the reason. But this 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 political shit is absolute bullshit. We all know that the Cleveland Browns are a year behind schedule. They should have been here since last year. They have the team. They have the talent. The talent was not the issue. 
just like you just said, an adequate coach, an adequate football coach can win 11 games with this franchise, with this yeah. team, how it's currently constructed. So uh, Kevin Stefanski won coach of the year based on how poorly they was coached last year. And now he's a beneficiary for coach of the year, coach of the year this year. Yeah, Brooke, thank you for the super chat. Like I said earlier in our group chat, like it's, I I feel like until, and I don't want to be this that guy, but I feel like until the Bills actually win the Super Bowl, there's not going to be notoriety because everybody was all riding Josh up until KC, and then the KC game happened, and then all these these people that were riding with Josh are now turning their eye and turning their head. And saying, "Well, whatever. Okay, we'll see what happens." It's it's gonna be like that until the Bills actually win the Super Bowl. I don't think that they're gonna get the recognition they deserve. It's okay because we're gonna win 14 games next year. I'm I'm telling you right now, we're gonna win 14 games and we're gonna sweep the East again next year. And I don't I don't care I don't care about everybody says the Dolphins are on the come up and the Jets and the Patriots. I don't care. We're gonna do the same shit next year that we did this year. So mm-hmm. and that's why I'm not really I'm not really upset as I as I want to be because this is not the only year the Buffalo Bills are going to be successful. And because right. of that, this is not the only year Sean McDermott is going to be in the running for the coach of the year. So we'll we'll be back. We'll be back. I have all the confidence in the world in this in this head coach. And a lot of people were were jumping off the the, the process because of what happened in the Chiefs game. It was too big for him. It was too, it was his first one. Look, how many of these has Andy Reid been in before he won his first one? What did he go to three or four straight with the Eagles before he actually won one to make the Super Bowl? And he lost one two, three years ago with the Chiefs. So it's not like McDermott will learn from what happened in KC. He's going to learn. He's learned from tough losses in the past, and he's moved mm-hmm. on from it. So. Mm-hmm. And let's not talk about just Charmaine Dermish. Kevin Stefanski, offensive coordinator last year, the Minnesota Vikings. A lot of people was upset when they got eliminated with his play calling uh, right. before when, when they got eliminated. Uh, this past year with the Cleveland Browns, a lot of people felt that Kevin uh, Stefanski had a bad game uh, uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. He, he coached the game at a, at a poor level. So uh, it's not just it's not just uh, Sean McDermott, man. It's Kevin Stefanski. Is a is is a good is a good mind a competent coach, but I definitely feel that our coach got robbed, and I don't even think I'm talking on a biased level. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to the offensive line because that was originally what I wanted to talk about for this show. Before oh yeah, shit yeah. Went, before shit went off the rails with with McDermott stuff, because I can I can preach on that all day. So Daryl Williams. Let's talk about Daryl Williams for a minute because, as we all know, in the off season. I wanted Daryl Williams. I was I was a huge advocate for Daryl Williams because I thought that Carolina just kind of screwed him over with the way that they used him. But I I feel like if you guys watch the video of Josh walking across the sideline after they realized that they had lost, and he's going and he's he's you know he's talking to all his linemen and his receivers in Singletary. Daryl Williams is one of the only guys that actually stands up to give Josh a hug, you know, and show respect to the quarterback for doing that. So I feel like Daryl Williams is kind of slided into that role that we thought Quentin Spain, he was all Bills Mafia. He was all about Buffalo. He was all in. And I feel like if he, according to spot track, his value is about $8 million. Um, 
per year in free agency. So I think that if teams call and they're like, hey, we'll give you, you know, two years, you know, 16 to 18 million and Brandon Bean's like, hey, I can figure out a way to get you 14 million or 15 million for two years. I feel like he's going to stay. I honestly do. I don't think he wants to move again. I think that he he found a spot at right tackle with the team that he can see playing for. Um, and he resurrected his career. He absolutely resurrected. People were calling him a turnstile in Carolina after they used him at, at guard, at tackle, all over the line. Um, I absolutely think that he is a must-have. And I've said this probably 55 times now. We need to sh- make sure that we're not playing freaking patty cake with the offensive line anymore. He's one of the pieces that I would absolutely bring back. What's your What's your thoughts? A hundred percent agree. Uh, Daryl Williams, Deion Dawkins. We have two of the better tackles in the NFL, in my opinion. I don't think that uh, the weakness of the Buffalo Bills offensive line are at the tackle position. Are they the best? Number one and number two? No, but I think the pair of tackles we have are, are top 10 in the NFL. And if we had to pick a priority free agent of, of our own, right, it would have to be Daryl Williams. So I think he's a must have. We have to get him back. People, we talking about John Feliciano and all these guys. Daryl Williams is the guy that we have to resign. And a lot of people are talking about free agency. Daryl Williams is probably the best free agent right tackle. So that's the option unless we go into the draft. And I don't think we're taking a right tackle at 30. Can we find one in the mid-tier rounds? Absolutely. This draft is loaded with linemen. Like the between like 30 and like 75, there's going to be a huge chunk of, of linemen drafted. It's it's a way that's the one put one offensive lineman guards. It, this draft is super heavy. Um, but I feel like you already have him on your roster or had him on your roster. You already saw what he can do year one in the system. He he excelled, and I think he's an absolute must, and we need to figure out a way to to get him to come back. Um, yep. at, at no, no matter what, I mean, I can't say at no cost because we have no money, <laughs> but, you know, we have to figure that out. So let's talk about John Feliciano. Um, what's your thoughts on John Feliciano, and is he is he a guy that you think that the Bills are going to re-sign? I will let the beat. I'm gonna cut right to the chase. You know, I would let I would let John Feliciano walk. Um, I think we're too caught up into culture, and we're too cult, cult, caught up into how how this person is. We we all love John Feliciano, right? He's the culture guy. He's gonna run back there and pick up John uh, Josh Allen. He's gonna help Josh Allen. Uh, you. He's going to show that that he's going to bring that nasty to the offensive line. But as a player, he is average at best. Now, I'm not going to consider to bring back a guy up on the interior offensive line that may cost when the weakness of our offensive line was the interior, <laughs> right? So. Uh, as much as I love his personality and as much as he he's friends with Josh Allen and he's this great guy, uh, when I see the film and the tape, I see a, a, a average guy. And if I have to make decisions and make choices because of my cap or lack thereof in terms of flexibility, 
I'm going to go after the better player. And the better player is Daryl Williams. I agree 100%. I'll give you my take on it here in a second. But Brooke, Brooke throwing up the Adam Schefter stuff. Alex, Alex Smith, comeback player of the year. That's our Shefty right there, Brooke. Um, I do think that Josh will get most improved player of the year. So I think we'll have a bill get an award besides Brian Dable tonight. Um, you talk about John Feliciano. And I think we're to a point with this Bills roster where if this was 2018 and we had this play from John Feliciano in 2018, we would have been like, yeah, he absolutely needs to come back for 2019. He was a warrior. He was a guy that would pound the table for Josh. He'd run through a brick wall. But we're in 2020 coming off a 13-3 and AFC championship run. We need to get better wherever we can. And it doesn't have to we, – we don't have to settle. Feliciano's a nice story. I love the rapport with with Josh, and I love what he means to all these players, not even just Josh, but it seems like all the guys like this guy, and he is a true Buffalo Bill through and through. But we couldn't run the ball. We couldn't run the ball for shit between the tackles. We could not run the ball for shit between the tackles. That, That interior of our line was the worst part of our offensive line this year. We couldn't do sweep plays because we couldn't count on pulling guards. That's why we did no sweep plays. We had no guards that could pull. That's that's the that's a problem. And I love Feliciano, but his market value, according to Spot Track, is eight point five million dollars. That is absolutely too rich for my blood for John Feliciano. And I wouldn't want him for half that. I wouldn't want him for half that. Listen, and this is no disrespect to John Feliciano, but my how I'm looking at it right now, right? I'm looking at Daryl Williams as the priority free agent uh, in terms of our own guys and our offensive line. We want to we want to keep that some type of continuity. We want to keep our good players that we have uh, on our offensive line. Uh, if John Feliciano want to come back for two million, three million dollars, and then compete for a spot, then by all means, let's do that. But if we're talking eight million dollars, like his contract, like they uh, uh, like these websites. Uh, 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 suggests, then I, I just think it's, it's just too rich for our blood. We have Cody Ford in here under his rookie deal. We re-signed Daryl Williams. You plug in Cody Ford at the guard, and you go ahead and you draft one of these beasts of alignment in the middle rounds. And and that's how I would attack the offensive line. The old, I, I love that analysis. It's perfect. The way that I would bring back John Feliciano would be as if I can get Mitch Morse to take a pay cut. If Mitch Morse will restructure his contract and we can get a savings of two to three million on Mitch Morse, give that to Feliciano, let him be backup center. And then if something, God forbid, happens to Mitch Morse, you got a backup center. Two to three million dollars for a backup center because we can't. And then he could also play either either of the guard positions or whatever, as at not as a starter, but as depth. Um, because I absolutely am concerned with Mitch Morse and his durability. Um, because I love Mitch Morse. I thought that he last year he played well. This year, run blocking was a little bit down. Pass blocking, I thought he was good. I thought he was real good this year. And I've said this before. Mitch Morse isn't that guy that's going to just completely destroy defensive mm-hmm. tackles. Mm-hmm. He's going to give you the gritty shit that you need um, in pass blocking. Plus, he's, he's the anchor of that line. I mean, we have to support the guy. He's There was a reason why at the time he was the highest paid center in the NFL. He was and that's and and then that's and in my opinion that is why you know and of course you know even myself we talk about it but when you really sit back and analyze the situation 
Mitch Morse is better than John Feliciano. That's, that, that, that's just how Mitch Morse is, is a better center than John Feliciano. Absolutely. 100%. He's, 100%. He's a more versatile center, and I think we are, and I think that's a no-brainer. Mitch Morse, Daryl Williams, and, and, and Deion Dawkins, they're, they are not the, the, the greatest, but those are nice, solid pieces on the offensive line. And if you can get – Get some mean, nasty guys that like to move people out the way on the interior, and I think we'll be all right. Yeah, we need we need one of these linemen that's or one of these guards that's six four, you know, three forty. That is just a mountain. That's just gonna you, you're not gonna get past this guy at all. Um, I'm concerned with Cody Ford. Um, I know we drafted him, and I know he had a, a rough rookie season. We were kind of shifting him around and McDermott has even come out and said that, you know, we've kind of moved him around. It wasn't really fair to him. And then last this past season, he was injured after they, after they benched him, then they moved him to the left guard and then he got injured. So do you think he's able to come back and compete for one of the guard positions? What do you think? I mean, he, they, they probably, I mean, I think they like him, right? They have to. I think that's the, I think that's the goal. I think that's the hope. We saw Brandon Bean's uh, end of the season press conference, and and the general manager was advocating that for for Cody Ford to take up one of the starting five offensive line spots, right? So I believe Cody Ford at right guard, right next right next Daryl Williams. Uh, if Cody Ford was a right tackle, in my opinion, uh, I don't like to move right-handed people to the left side. I, I believe that's the reason. Daryl Williams struggled with the Carolina Panthers because they moved them all over, especially the coming left. from a gruesome to, to a gruesome injury, right? So right. uh Cody Ford at right guard, he's a big boy, 330 pounds at, in in that in, in that interior. Uh, I think he has the special ability that that Sean McDermott hopes for uh in in that interior. We as fans, we just haven't seen it yet. So that is that is the main concern. And uh we hope that. Cody Ford could be the guy because I don't think both I don't think we signed both Daryl Williams and John Feliciano back. I don't think we do that. Yeah. Um, this is a great comment from 115. And I talked about somebody brought this up on my show on Wednesday. Um, it seems like everybody's got these run game coordinators. Um, the Bills have pos- position coaches for every damn position on the team. They got tight end coaches, cornerback coaches. They got a nick. Don't we have a nickel? Don't we have a nickel? cornerback coach or something don't we have some crazy thing like that mm-hmm. the guy has all he does is the nickel corner mm-hmm. don't we have like an assistant coach that's just his job is to be a nickel cornerback coach right so this is might not be a something that this might be something that they should look at i mean you have a guy that that's all his job is figure out if it's blocking or if it's these backs watch the film hire him now hire him yesterday get in the film room and tell me where we went wrong on our run game. Was it blocking? Was it scheme? Was it execution by the backs? Was it play calling? What was it? The officer, the officer coordinator is supposed to be there to figure that shit out. He's supposed to say, I don't like me personally. I don't like, like wait, you mean, I don't like the 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 coach that just got assistant coach of the year should have this figured out. (laughs) I set you up. I set you up. And, and and being that he's the office, uh, he's the assistant coach of the year. We should trust him that to be able to figure it out. We should we exactly. should trust him enough to not even think about and entertain hiring a, a run game coordinator. I, I look at that as as 
If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have no quarterbacks. That's how I look at that shit. You're yeah, you're you're, you're telling everybody. You're telling everybody that listen. Uh, this guy can't call plays for shit, so we need to bring this guy to call these plays because this guy don't know what the hell he's doing in terms of the uh, calling plays in this department. And I don't agree with that. I think Brian moved the ball is fully capable of, of fixing that situation. Just the year before, we was a decent running team. Just yeah. the year before, uh, Devin Singletary averaged 5.1 yards per carry. Just right. the year before, Brian Dable was still on the team orchestrating that offense. So I'm fully capable uh, and confident in, in Brian moved the ball to rectify that the running game situation. Oh, uh-oh. Chris Fowler. Dable's not that great, honestly. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, too many Chiefs in the kitchen. That's... I agree with that. So we found out that our guy, Jaden Steen, our Chiefs fan, Jaden Steen, I, I lost the comment because there's about a thousand of them here. Okay, here it is. You know our boy, Jaden, and, and we love you, Jaden. You're you're, right. you're a regular. You're on every single show that we do. Right. Um, and we all know that you're a Chiefs fan, but he's from Rochester, so he kind of likes the Bills. So I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Um, all right. So what are we going to do with this run game? Let's Let's talk about the run game for a minute. If you were Brandon Bean right now, what is your direction towards the run game? What are we doing? I, you know, I just, I think we, you know, I think we kind of spoke about it throughout the show. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to Mitch Morrison. I'm asking him to re, uh, uh, restructure his contract, right? I'm going to use that Mitch Morse money to restructure. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go and get and go ahead and get uh Darrell Williams back to the fold and get him back resigned. He had a 79.5 PFF grade. I know people say what they want about PFF. I I rate them to some to some to some respect. I think they have good minds and I understand and I think they know what they're doing. 79.5 PFF grade from Darrell Williams is nothing to sniff at. I want to get him back in the fold. I'm hoping I'm hoping uh Cody Ford is the guy that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott think he is, and I'm going to put him in one of these guard spots. I'm going to get one of these guys uh, in the draft, the, this this big offensive lineman from Tennessee, I forget his name, um, uh, Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. I'm going to get one of these offensive linemen early in the draft. And then after I do all that, I'm, going, I'm trying to figure out what, we, what type of center are we making Mitch Morse? Are we going to make him this athletic pulling center? Are we going to make him in? Are we going to make him his this center that he's going to be stationary? Are we protecting Mitch Morse from from his his self and his concussions? What are we doing with Mitch Morse? Right, we have to figure that out. But once we once we figure those things out, and I think we upgrade the offensive line by making those by making those key moves, we have to add a third running back, an explosive running back, and have him be an impact on the offense on game day. We have to implement three useful running backs on game day. And I think if we implement three useful running backs with the with the additions on the offensive line via free agency and the draft, I believe the running game can be and will be improved going into 2021. Yeah, we we I think we all wondered why. Why did we have a roster spot for TJ Yeldon? I it came that we needed it in the playoffs because Zach Moss got injured, but like 
you had a guy who was a veteran who can you always call him the Swiss Army knife. And he could pretty much do anything you ask him to. He could he could pass block, catch passes out of the backfield, run the ball if you need him to. Um we need to take a look in the mirror and see why were we the odd man out in a lot of these playoff games where all these teams had three deep at running back active. It stems to the fact that Sean McDermott has to have 10 damn defensive linemen active every Sunday. He's got to have 10. So with the defensive line, I could get us a whole bunch of money. We'd have a little bit of dead cap, but you know what? Vernon Butler, thank you. See ya. Quentin Jefferson, thank you. See ya. I got Justin Zimmer and Harrison Phillips that can fill your roles just fine, and they're on rookie deals. One guy's a practice squad player. I'll solve all those problems right there. Mm-hmm. You need to look, you need they need to take a hard look in the mirror and be like, we made mistakes by just going D-line heavy. And they should have went after offensive linemen as badly as they did defensive linemen. I don't I don't know if they thought they had everything figured out in 2019, but now we're sitting here with all these damn defensive linemen, not knowing which besides Jerry Hughes, because Jerry Hughes better not go anywhere. Um we got all these defensive linemen, especially the guys like Trent Murphy, that we paid all these guys money for nothing. When you got Justin Zimmer and Harrison Phillips making plays when they get the chance. AJ Epinesa, your second round draft pick, not playing at all. You ask him to lose weight, he loses weight, you don't give him any reps. So again, another guy in a rookie deal. Put him in the fold, give him more snaps. So now Dave, Brooke made a super chat, an interesting comment, and her comment made me think of this question. It's not even the O-line. Last year, we ran predominantly gap. This year, we ran zone. Simple. If it's so simple and we had so much success running uh, a one scheme last year, right, and we all know the terminology, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Why the hell, if this is true, why the hell we go from one philosophy to the other if we had success at the philosophy? I think that once we got Stefan Diggs and they realized that during the mini training camp that we had, that Josh looked really good. Mechanics were different. Seemed like the offense was flowing just easier. I feel like after the first couple of weeks, when he was just lighting the league on fire they're like i I don't think we need to try to figure out how to run until we need to try to figure out how to run and that never happened they ran against the patriots because they could because they were there it was just a better matchup for the bills they ran somewhat on the steelers in the second half because they could it was a matchup thing but they couldn't do it in any other game to save their lives if they needed a a third down conversion third and three they they couldn't run for it they had to pass for it and to Brooks point is if they changed the scheme from that to this, it had to be for a reason. It had to be specifically because of either execution players, what have you, because Brian Dable has been around way too long. And now to Akeem's point to just take something that didn't work or that was working last year and switch it. And now it's not working. So there has to be more involved and I've asked Akeem this a thousand times. We don't really know if it was just bad play calling from Dable, if it was just not utilizing the offensive linemen in the right spots. You you put Cody Ford over at left guard when he's been on the right side of the line his 
most of his career. His career with the Bills, he was like Akeem said, he's a right, like having a right-handed guy right with his left hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. There's just there was just a whole bunch of stuff going on. We we don't know if it was the backs inexperienced, just no vision, couldn't hit holes. The play calling was just at the wrong time. Is some of it on Josh Allen for not audibleizing out of a play when he was he wasn't reading a defense correctly, and he just it it should have been taken out as of a, from a, a run play to a pass play. We we don't know. I mean, what I do know is that we need another dynamic back. We need a speed back that will that can take any given carry to the freaking house at any given time because these two guys can't do it. I'm sorry, they can't. Um, Motor on that carry against the Broncos, dude almost died getting into the end zone. Like he had to cut across the field, weave back across the field, and then he like almost <laughs> died as he got across the goal line. Like we can't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know if I but, answered your question or not. No, but this, but I this went is, off on this a is, tangent. But this is this is what we this is what <clears throat> we should be imploring as 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 fans, right? Because because we lack we lack the cap flexibility, right? We can get more dynamic on offense without being expensive at that position. All Absolutely. we gotta do is add a a, a, a person of a dynamic of a, a explosive skill set, fifth round, or 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 a, 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 a cheap free agent as a as a third back and implement him on game day. We do that, our offense is even more dynamic. We add a tight end, and now our offense is God knows what. Imagine what we could be if we add an explosive running back and a consistent tight end. That's what I think we need, and I think that that that's something that I think we should focus on, and I hope the Buffalo Bills brass know that they should be doing that this offseason. This is where if, if, <clears throat> if Brandon Bean wants to put a stamp on one of the greatest general managers in Bills history, because historically the Bills have never had a dynamic tight end. Just they just haven't. We tried the Charles Clay experiment coming over from Miami. We thought he was going to be this dynamic game changer. He didn't have a great quarterback throwing it to him. I don't want to start that debate, but we haven't had a tight end since Sean McDermott's been here. We've tried. We've had we had Charles Clay's first year. Then we got Dawson Knox, two thousand and nineteen. It's just we just haven't. We've toyed with that position like we were toying with the wide receiver position the first two years that he was here. I don't know if this is something that they value in the offense. Obviously, Brandon Bean came out and said, hey, look, we need to take a look at this position. Um, But what I alluded to in the first part of my thought was this is where he's going to separate himself because the Bills historically have never had a game-changing tight end on, on, on a roster, on an offensive roster, period. And... If he wants us to believe everything that he spews out in these season-ending press conferences, he needs to do it. Don't just tell us that. We 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 all see it. We saw it for, for 19 games that we had shit production from tight ends. The most receptions in a game from a tight end this year was four by Dawson Knox. Like, it's crap. Like, if you give Josh Allen that safety blanket, that there's going to be teams like the bills this year when we were completely mismatched in, on defense against teams that had a dynamic tight end. We're going to have those games. If we get a dynamic tight end, does that make, does that make sense? Where yeah. were the actual team utilizing it? Because like there's games when Josh can just go to digs 10, 12, 15 times, or the next game he goes to Beasley 10, 12, 15 times. 
there's going to be games when we can go to a tight end 10, 12, 15 times like the Chiefs did. Like Travis Kelsey came out after the, the, the game against the Bills and said, I guess people forgot who I was because they hadn't tried to use him the, against Cleveland. So yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Tight end, tight end is a touchy subject with me because everybody wants to give Dawson Knox uh, like a pass and everybody wants to say, just let him learn. Okay. We're to a point where we were 13 and three last year. I don't want Mm -hmm. this guy to learn anymore. Either you can do it or you can't Mm -hmm. bring in a veteran that can actually do it right now, right now. He can catch balls and teach people at the same freaking time right now. And I'm 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 in between with Dawson Knox. You know, I had a lot of frustrations in this season with Dawson Knox, but I had to take a step back and a reality check and really evaluate uh, 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 Dawson Knox in, in in my head, right? And I and I evaluated him. He is he is Josh Allen at the tight end position, right? Dawson Knox. He is yeah. that raw prospect uh, that has all the all the talent and all the ceiling in the world but he's a, a raw prospect and i'm gonna take it a step further he is a rawer aurora he is a more raw of a prospect than than josh allen was at the quarterback position because at least josh allen played at least josh allen had the ball in his hands in college dawson right. knox played in college four years and 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 wasn't able to to really get a chance to develop. So I understand just Dawson Knox needs to continue developing, but we as the Buffalo Bills organization can't wait for Dawson Knox to continue to develop as the number one tight end. He's now gonna have to continue to develop at the number two tight end uh guy or or to a tight end three, or it depends on what we do with the position, right? But we cannot uh rely on him to be the tight end one. And we also cannot get a tight end and feel we could drop off at another position. That's not, we can't get a tight end and, <clears throat> and uh, cut a John Brown, God forbid, and think Gabriel Davis is going to get it, going to be the guy. I wanted all, we needed all <laughs> to win this Super Bowl. We need to, we need to have a John Brown or better at a number two receiver, at the number two receiver spot. We need a number two, a number one tight end, and we need an explosive back. We needed all. At the offensive, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. All right, I'm gonna hit everything that you touched on, but I want to put this comment up here first. Um, why, why would Ertz take a restructured deal in Buffalo? Is he winning in Philadelphia? No, are the Bills on the cusp of the Super Bowl? Yes, that's for a guy at his age, he wants to win and win now. He doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. I can tell you that right now. That's that's just my opinion. And what you talked about, John Brown, is interesting to me because we have the guy. We have him. Yeah, we have him. No, no. John Brown walks. We have his replacement already on our roster. And okay. I'm not talking I'm not talking about Gabe Davis. Who who is this guy? Kenny Stills. No. Remember him? Remember him? No, he's he's not remember Kenny he's, Stills? He's he's, not, John, he's better he's better than John Brown. I don't he's know better that. than John. I do. Oh, he's be- man. He played on a Houston Texans team that had shit offensive play calling that he's like, I want out. You're this, this team's a dumpster fire. And he played on when he was on Miami. You can't tell me he didn't burn the shit out of us when he was on Miami. Come on. Come on, man. Can Kenny Stills? Stills and Kenny Stills will cost $4 million on the open market because of 
this whole season that happened where he asked for a release, he was signed to a practice squad and never played. So his market value is probably four to five million dollars. We can cut John Brown, save eight million, use four or five of it for for Kenny Stills. We still need to address it in the draft. Don't get me wrong. If we could do something in the mid rounds to get a kickoff and punt returner, because I do not want to pay Andre Roberts, which I'm going to open up another bag of worms. I do not want to pay a guy that just does one thing and one thing only. Kenny Stills, I'm not saying we don't need to add more wide receivers, but Stephon Diggs, Kenny Stills, Gabe Davis, Cole Beasley, and then a fifth guy in the draft. You're not good with that. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not what? satisfied. I'm not satisfied with that. I see. I'm looking at tomorrow's game. I'm looking at the starting receivers. It's Tyreek Hill and, and Sammy Watkins. I'm looking on the other side. It's 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 Godwin and Antonio Brown and and, and, how are, and, Mike, for, and Mike Evans. Um, we how we, are we getting we that guy this weapons. year though? How are we getting that guy? We can't get Curtis Samuel. It's not why he's, he's going to be ten to twelve million dollars. He's going to be twelve million dollars. And you know what? And you know what? In my heart, and, and I actually had a dream last night that Curtis Samuel went to the Jets. I don't know why Shanahan Curtis Samuel. I don't know why I dreamt that, but I had that. I had that dream. But uh, that's that's wishful thinking for me. You're probably right. Uh, Curtis Samuel is probably wishful thinking for me. But that's the type of talent we need at the number two tight end position. I, I, at the I, number look, two wide receiver position. Look, I agree with you. And if we had two hundred fifteen million dollars in cap space, I absolutely think Brandon Bean would do that. They'd probably still keep John Brown and then go get somebody as well. Don't forget about Isaiah Hodgins. We don't we don't even know what we have in him. So he, he's got to be thrown in there as a wild card for a number four, number five guy. But this year, I'm talking about this year, I don't – unless he works some big baller bean magic and alleviates a shit ton of cap space by restructuring and moving this to – Moving, you know, Robin Peter to pay Paul later on, like it ain't gonna happen. We got to go with the four to five million dollar guy and focus on the draft. And we can get a return guy in the draft that's on a rookie deal that maybe pans into a number three or a number two later on down the road. That that's all I'm saying. I love I love Curtis Samuel. We've talked about him offline. He's going to be one of our, our free agent targets. I'll, I'll throw that out there right now. I've already started making the graphic. In, in a perfect world, Curtis Samuel could come here. I just don't know how we free up that space to get him. Because – hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold I got on. you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Because I absolutely agree with you a thousand percent that we need to be the next Kansas City Chiefs on offense because we're like right there. We're like – we're so close. We just need like one or two more things. We need a tight end, a, a, a high dynamic running back, and we need a true number two that can stretch the field and do everything. We need that. We absolutely need that. I agree with you 100%. But we ain't going to find a, a Nicole Hardeman just laying out there somewhere. We're going to have to work for it. We're, we're going to have to work for it. We can't just get these guys without giving up something. Either – they ain't going wide receiver at 30. They're probably not going wide receiver in the second round. So it's just there's there's just needs elsewhere that I feel like they're gonna this draft is gonna they're gonna I don't know. I don't know. I because don't, you I, I mean if John Brown's healthy and we can say, hey John Brown, let's can you can you take a pay cut to four five million dollars or or four and a half million dollars? We'll give you a, a two million dollar signing bonus, push it to next year, extend you to a second year. And then your contract, you're making a little bit more money. We'll guarantee some stuff. And then you get John Brown back. Would you be satisfied with that or no? Uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's really tough for me. I mean, if, if that's our options and we lack thereof others, then yes. If we don't have any other options, and, and yes, I would go with that because I'd rather have a good player than, than have an extra hole, right? Because at the end of the day, I don't think Kenny Stills is better than John Brown. I think John Brown is better than Kenny Stills. So if, if, if we're thinking, if we're having this I think debate, I think, I think you're crazy. I, yeah, I, John Brown is better than Kenny Stills, man. John Brown is, a, in my opinion at least, I think John Brown, we have him here. He already knows the system. He's been and knows John and, and knows uh, uh, Josh Allen. What's the Kenny point Stills has been here for a month. He's been here for a month. I just uh, that that was that was one of the the most mismanaged situations. And Kenny Stills runs a four two, by the way. He does. He does. He's faster than John Brown. All right. So, (laughs) are you are you good? Yeah, this is great. This is great. I I I think we can we can get Curtis Samuel. And I saw a comment in here that someone thinks that someone said that they didn't. The Panthers didn't even think he was a number two. Are you kidding me? He played with. Three different quarterbacks in four years. One was Cam Newton, who was injured. One was uh, Kyle Allen, and then one was Teddy Bridgewater on his comeback tour last year. And Teddy Bridgewater played played decent. So, um, I, the the way we would get Curtis Samuel would be by cutting John Brown and getting eight million, yes. and then yes. and then and then, fi- and then finding four four million dollars because I feel like Curtis Samuel is going to get ten to twelve million. Someone's going to give him that money. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't – that's just me. Maybe eight, nine, but you'd have to move some things around. So – You're right. And here's my thing about Kenny Stills. He's 100% healthy. We don't know about John Brown right now. Right now. Right now. I'm not talking about eight months, seven months from now in training camp. Right now, Kenny Stills is 100% healthy. Right? So we don't know if John Brown is something that – it was just a bump in the road – or if it's something that may come back because he dealt with that all season. We it seemingly like from like week three or four, he was out, he was playing, he was inactive, he was playing, he wasn't used, he was playing, then he was on IR, then he was playing. He didn't do shit in the playoffs. So I don't know if he was a hundred percent. So, anyways, uh oh, I see, I see this. I don't know if this means we gotta get JJ Watt. Probably so. There's nothing hit my phone saying we got JJ Watt. So. No, there's no, there's a, a couple people saying Bill's got Watt. I don't know if they're just making stuff up now. I don't know. We will we'll, I guess we'll find out. Let me let me while we here. Let's let me go on Twitter. Let me Brooke, go on Twitter. Brooks got to be all over this. Brooke, yeah, Brooks is going to be yeah, definitely. I'm wondering if it's yeah. I don't I don't see anything anywhere, and I have yeah. every app you can think of that I would get that's, alerts on. And that's a fact. Um, but here's here's the thing. Let's you want to talk about JJ Watt? Oh uh, yeah, we could. Because I want to talk about Jadavian Clowney. I may uh, have changed my mind. Yeah, really. Let's hear this. Be, well, because and then some people are saying lies. So. Um, I think he we can get him for like seven million. Cloudy? Because he yeah, he came off a one year prove it deal with the Titans. He played twelve games, got injured. Right? I think he played less than twelve games, had zero sacks. He's got no leverage in free agency. Uh-uh. He was signed right before the season started. Like he he sat there forever. 
And I understand that it was a pandemic season and, and stuff like that. But if we can get him for like six or seven or eight, even eight million, I would take it. He instantly makes our run defense better. Yep. Instantly. And then we look at we could take money from uh Quentin Jefferson by releasing him mm-hmm. and using most of it to pay Jadavian Clowney because I don't think he's gonna warrant a huge contract. He's gotta start proving shit. He's mm-hmm. on these prove it deals and he has to absolutely prove it. Would you rather have Quentin Jefferson again for his contract for his eight million? Or would you rather have Jadavian Clowney for maybe a million more at nine million? I'll take Javier and Clowney for uh, uh, two million more. You know, that's how I get him right. Two two years, twenty million dollars, ten million. I, I would do that in a heartbeat. Two years, twenty million dollar deal. I would do it in a heartbeat. Six five, two hundred sixty pounds, runs a four five. He's not the sack guy, but sets the edge. Great run defender. He he would he would be imposing in a game against a, against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's that's the type of guy that we need, in my opinion. And I I would love that. I would love that. No, we will disagree. <laughs> Apparently, but eight million dollars, eight to ten million dollars. Oh, I, w- I would jump all over that. All over. Let's that. talk about JJ Watt because I talked about it Wednesday, and people got to realize that I'm not this naive, delusional Bills fan. That every time somebody is disgruntled on a team or there's a free agent available, I'm not that guy that says, "Go, go, go, get him, get him, get him." Mm-hmm. I'm. If you guys don't know me by now, as Akeem says, get to know me. Um, J.J. Watt makes perfect sense for a lot of reasons if financially it can work for the Bills. I don't want to hear about injury history. We we signed Trent Murphy for $10 million coming off of an ACL tear and a PED suspension, and we gave him a three-year contract. Um, we have guys, Daryl Williams, couple years ago had injury issues Cole Beasley played this year with a broken freaking fibula for for four games three four games so the Bills invested the Pagulas invested millions in this facility this training facility in this rehab facility and all this this weight center Um, I feel like they'd be able to manage that and here's the thing I don't need J.J. Watt playing 65 percent of the snaps I need J.J. Watt at a high level playing like Jerry Hughes plays at a high level and get those, both those guys playing rotationally because Jerry Hughes, when he's opposite of somebody like a JJ Watt, they'll both be productive. JJ Watt had his best seasons when Jadevian Clowney was opposite of him. He's still a great player. Jerry Hughes had his best seasons when he had Mario Williams. Let's let's not let's not deny that. Let's 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 be honest here. Four and a half sacks for Jerry Hughes. People are pissed off saying we should get rid of him. Jerry Hughes is our best defensive lineman, and it's not even close. Um, but back to JJ Watt, I think if you put him in an in this McDermott rotation and you get him at a high motor for a certain amount of reps, kind of like what uh where did Justin Houston go? He went to the Colts, right? Colts. Mm-hmm. That's what they did with him. He resurrected his career this year. They said, go, you know what, for 15 to 18 snaps a game, go get the quarterback. Make a game-changing play. I'm not saying you only give J.J. Watt 15 snaps, but you use that. You use him in something like that. Then you have the young guys like Epinesa um, and these other guys that, I don't know, I, I think it works. I think he's a process guy through and through. 
and I think it absolutely works. And he comes here for a couple years. I think he can help us win some football games. And he is immediately the best guy on our defensive line, period. So it's probably a dream. It's probably I'm probably shooting for the stars, but like like Jerry Hughes, I think and, and I've seen some other shows talk about this. I, I don't think Jerry Hughes should ever be considered a cut candidate. I think what you should do with Jerry Hughes is say, Hey, we need some help here because we want to get you some help on the defensive line. Can we give you another year on your contract? Maybe take a little bit of a cut this year so that we can get you some help opposite of you. We need another edge rusher or some defensive line help. And maybe Jerry Hughes does that. And maybe you lower Jerry Hughes, you know, snaps. Maybe he's more effective because he's fresh all game. I don't know. I don't know. I like it. I like it. So I'm getting ready to uh, to wrap up. Hey, Rich, you got anything else? We went for almost an hour and 45 minutes. This was this was fun. No, nah, man. I think I think we we covered a lot of we covered a lot of different topics, a variety of topics. That I think was interesting around the NFL and and amongst Bills fans as well. Uh, we got some breaking news for from and from the comments. Uh, it was it was definitely uh it was definitely an entertaining show. Yeah, I had a lot of fun and. Stay tuned, guys, because we will be back. Averitt will be back Tuesday. Um, I'll be back Wednesday, and then I'll be on my siesta for about a week or so. Um, but we'll have draft coverage. We're going to have free agent tracking. We're going to have anything to do with the Bills from now all the way through camp and then obviously through the season. So don't don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We're going to have a bunch of content for you guys. And thank you to all the regulars that have watched this entire show, dealt with me rambling uh, for two hours, Akeem carrying the show once again for two hours. I, oh, pre- I appreciate, I appreciate <laughs> you guys. I've seen a lot of new people in here too, um, both on Facebook and on. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, here it is, Brooke. Thank you, Brooke. On this, I'm ending the show right now. Aaron Rodgers got MVP, as if we didn't know that was going to happen. All right, um, right. So, oh, I already got. I already have two. Lone Wolf says, little DM three and nine months. I already have two. We did things backwards. That's how we roll. Um, It's Bill's Mafia. I wouldn't have it any other way. So I do have to say, though, that – and I I can probably vouch for Akeem, but we have two of the most supportive um, better halves in our lives as far as for us doing content. Um, And while I'm here, I'm going to do this. While I got everybody's attention here, um, everybody sees me and Akeem – on these live shows and you guys only see me and Akeem here lately, the last couple months, there's a huge army of people uh, that do a lot of things for us. You guys see the backdrop on our screen. That's from our guy, Jason, Um, the intro video. That's from our guy, Scott and Jason. We have a lot of people that do a lot of things for us. We have cam Sophie uh, Brooke in the chats. So we have a a huge amount of people doing stuff for us and we're going to be adding to the team. um, It seems like all the time. I am Mike so, Draper Jackson. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to forget everybody. I'm Jr. Yeah. I'm going to forget a lot of people. Um, so we just got a new guy that's going to run our Twitter. So we're we're coming, um, and we're we're starting to get involved in more and more podcasts are coming. So stay tuned. Um, anyways, I'm kind of flapping off at the gums right now. Um, Aaron Rodgers MVP. That's just amazing. Great. So if you don't have anything else, a Rich, I don't have anything else. I will see everybody back here on Wednesday. A Rich will be here Tuesday. This is Built in Buffalo. As always, go Bills, and we'll see you on the next one.